Shalom to everyone. As we are rapidly approaching Judgment Day, the very critical day of Rosh Hashanah, Yom Adin, I wanted to share with you a couple of thoughts. Instead of sending to you my typical type of Dvar Torah, which has a bunch of questions and then a concept that answers all the questions, and the reason is because I think, I'm talking to myself more than to you, that to prepare oneself for Rosh Hashanah, we know we, we have to do with our mind and also with our hearts. With our mind, is pretty easy because when you just take two, se- two seconds to think about it, it's such a critical day that so much is determined as to what's going to happen during the year that, of course, a person with his mind can understand the chashivus, the importance of the day and getting prepared and trying to be getting closer to Hashem. As it's a unique time that a Kashish Baruch comes to, to close to us. As we know, we say, call Hashem, call out to Hashem, get close to Him, now that He's very close to us, because He comes to us. But what I think we need to perhaps work on more is to connect to Hashem through our heart, through our emotions. And I think if I share with you a couple of stories, maybe that will help us get there. And there's one unique theme to these two stories, which at the end I will share with you, which I think is, is an akuda that if we dwell upon before Shoshana, it will help us get into the right frame of mind. And perhaps, and Mirza Hashem, try to maximize our potential for this very important, holy, critical day. Story number one is, I guess, a famous story. My son's Rebbe sent it home to us to read on the Shabbos table and had a very a major effect on me. Even though one can perhaps make the mistake and look at parts of the story in a negative sense, but I think overall, we can whatever I want to try to take out of this story, I think it's very important. It can be very beneficial. You'll know what I mean once I say the story. So the story goes like this. We all know that the Gon Mivilna told a lot of people they should come live in Eretz Yisrael and make Aliyah. So one of his ma- major Talmidim, Rabbi Yisrael, he indeed came and made Aliyah and he left, lived in Israel, in Eretz Yisrael. And he lived around, I, I don't know, in Tveria area. But then quickly he went back and forth to Lita, where the Gonme Vilna lived, because he wanted to help other people arrange groups to come with a ship to Israel. What happened was, after a couple of these trips, he goes back, and this is already around a week before Rosh Hashanah. And he takes another group, and they're going on a ship. And suddenly there's a major storm in the middle of the ocean, as we all know in those days, the ships, the boats were not made the same way as today, and it was very, very dangerous. And it came to a point where the waves were so high, and the boat almost couldn't withstand the waves. And it was mamish sakanas nefashois. They didn't think they were going to live for much longer. It got so critical. The situation got so critical that uh, that the person in charge of the ship came up to tell the Rabbi Saul because he was in charge of all the people on the ship. And he told him, listen, I don't know how much longer we can last. I'm just telling you so you'll know where we're holding. So quickly, Rabbi Saul gathers all the people together to the top of the ship. They see the ocean. They see how crazy it is. They're all screaming and crying. And he says, listen, we don't know how much longer we have to live. We should all say vid- vidui. We, so in, indeed, they did vidui, yashamnu, bagadnu, etc. And once they finished the confession, the vidui, then Rabbi Saul goes to everyone and he says, Listen, who wants to do now vidui lemehadrin? The best way to say vidui. Who wants to do that? So everyone said, What do you mean? We just did vidui. We just did the confession. 
So he says, no, no, what I'm talking about Vidu Lemehadrin is that everyone's going to take a turn in front of everyone and say, and speak about one sin he, he did and by being embarrassed by, for what he did in front of everyone, perhaps through that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will forgive us and we'll be saved from this potential shipwreck. And indeed, he, get, he says, let's start from this kid. This kid, his name was Chaimke and he says, Chaimke, can you start can you lead us with this? And he says, sure. So he stands in front of everyone as the boat. They didn't even think they would be able to finish Vidui, but they were able to finish Vidui. The ship is still sun- somehow clinging on to its last minutes of life. And Chaimke says, I lied, I lied. Shikalti, I lied. So Rabbi Sal tells him, yeah, that's not enough. You have to tell us what happened. He didn't think he would need to say what happened, but now that he's being pushed to say it in front of everyone and the situation is a bit crazy, he says, okay. The story is as follows, he says. My father, in Lita, like many of the people in Lita growing up, he worked really, he worked for two hours a day really hard, creating shoes, fixing shoes. He was a sandlal. Aside from that, like most of the Jews in Lita, he woke up early, Davin Vasikin, and then he learned, then he went to work for two hours, which is what he needed in order for us to sustain and have what we need financially every day, the minimum of the minimum, bread, water, a bit more. And at nights he did tikkun chatzois, for those of you who know what that is. So he didn't sleep so much, and that was his daily routine. We were five five boys at home, and one day our mother, late at night, is uh, knitting a sweater, and we were neighbors with the Gon Mivilna. We are neighbors. Literally, there's a thin piece of wood Dividing between our room or our house and the Gomez Vilna's house. I think in, the, in those times it wasn't houses, one or like rooms. And she hears the Gomez Vilna singing with his nice melody, the Gemara in Shabbos, I think it's around Daf Lamed, and saying the famous story of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai that ran away from the Romans. He was in the cave, and when he came out of the cave with his son, they could not believe people were wasting their time, quote unquote, doing all kinds of stuff outside, working. And he says, what? How can it be? How can it be? People are leaving eternal life, which you could do through learning. You gain eternal life and just go and work. And indeed, a fire came from Shemaim and, and killed these people. And Hashem said, what are you doing? You're ruining my world. Go back to the cave. But when he learned this piece, the God of Vilna sighed and he goes, oh, oh, how... I, I cannot believe people are leaving this world, leaving the opportunity to, for eternal life and are wasting the time in this world. When the mother heard that, she couldn't take it. She had such pain in her heart and she said, that's it. She spoke out loud in her house and she said, that's it. I don't want my husband to continue working every day two hours. I'm going to take... I'm going to take the responsibility and I'll find a job. I'll work. I want my husband to be able to learn every second of the day. The husband couldn't believe it. He said, are you sure? How are you going to manage... But she says, I want, this is what's important for me. So he was very happy he could learn more. And that's what happened. For two weeks, everything was fine. But after two weeks, the kids woke up with no bread, not even a slice of bread. And they started crying for food. The mother was crying with tears because she lost her job. She said, by the end of the day, I'll find a job, a new job, everything will be okay. The end of the day came, still no food. She said, please, don't tell your father, because don't tell your father. I'll figure something out. And then she said, I have an idea. I have a nice stone my husband bought me. 
Chaimke, go to the store nearby, the jeweler store, and try to get as much money as you can for it. And so he got, came back with a bag of coins, gold coins. With those ba- bag of gold coins, she took one out and she gave it to Chaimke, go to the nearby bakery and get the stalest bread that you can get for the cheapest. So he went. She cut that bread into five slices, five pieces, and she gave it to the smallest kid. He gulped it down in two seconds, says, I'm still hungry. He started crying. Um, can I have another piece? She said, no, Chaimke didn't get. Chaimke said, no, no, it's okay. Chaimke is a person speaking now on the ship. He said, no, it's okay, it's okay. She says, no, it's not okay. You didn't eat anything. And then I said, Chaimke turns to the crowd and says, and then they said, no, I did eat. I have in the cheder, I have a rich a rich kid. He's very spoiled. He got some spread he didn't like. He was about to throw it out, so he just gave it to me. I had a whole sandwich. So the mother said, really? You had a whole sandwich? Oh, great. In that case, she gave the other son to eat another piece. And Chaimke is saying, I felt so good about it that I quenched my, my, my hunger. I, I, it was better than me eating the, the, the piece. But he said, but at the end of the day, I lied. I lied to my mother. I lied to my mother. The crowd was in shock. They couldn't believe if this was an, a sin, an avera, or a mitzvah. What, what's going on here? Rabbi Swal came up. He goes, okay, that's it. I heard enough. We don't need anyone else to talk. Come with me, he tells Chaimke. He goes literally onto the deck right in front of the crazy waves. And he says, Takadosh Hashem, we say in Slichos, I don't remember now the, the Pasuk, but we say in Slichos, and we say to Hashem, don't listen to our sins. But you, but this year, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I'm asking you to listen to our sins. And obviously he was alluding to the fact that, look, even the sins are in a way coming from a good place and they're a mitzvah. So please listen to our sins this year. And indeed, as he finished this little prayer, the ocean suddenly calmed down and they were saved. That was story number one. Story number two, I went to a friend, a neighbor, which I'm not so friendly with, to be honest, but I consulted with him about a certain topic. And as I'm leaving, I see his picture of this old person with the, the old-style hats, like the Kangol hats, with his wife. He has a long beard, and I'm, I asked him, who is this? He goes, in Hebrew, of course, he says, Zea Sabasheli, this is my grandfather. He was a Jew of once upon a time. I said, what do you mean? He said... He used to wake up early, Davin Vasikin. He learned a couple of hours. Then he went to work in Sanhedria. He was the Ganan, the gardener for the municipality, for the ir, for the city. He came home at 5 o'clock. He learned. He did Tikkun Chatzois at night and went to sleep. But he had Irat Shamayim. He was really a good, God-fearing Jew. One time, his daughter got mar- got engaged, and the the chatan to be came up to one of the sons and said, "I think your father doesn't like me." So they said, "What? Our father doesn't like you? Why? Why do you say that?" He goes, "Because I went to talk to him, and he didn't speak to me at all." And they said, "What do you mean he didn't speak to you at all? Where, where were you when you spoke to him?" I went to where he was working in the in the in the municipality in the gun the gun the the park where he was working because he was a gardener and he didn't speak back to me. <laughs> they started laughing. They said, he doesn't speak to anyone. That would be stealing. He views that as, as stealing. How could he steal, especially from a city? If you steal from the city, who, how do you know? It's Gezel, the Rabbim. How do you know who to pay back to? 
He would never talk to anyone. You can't take that as an indication that he's upset at you. Chas v'shalom, of course not. Those are the two stories. But the nekudah that comes out, the point that comes from all these stories, is you see how people, it was so clear to them what life's all about. They had such irat shamaim, a fear of doing the wrong thing, a fear of not doing Ratzon Hashem. It was so evident to them. It was, it was one with them, within their hearts, not only in their minds, but it would be the worst thing for someone to still even a little bit because it would be so scary everything they woke up early in the morning to daven the first as, at the crack of dawn because that's the best time to, at Neit Sachama to the Seishmon Esra everything they did Tikkun Chatzos which today I don't think many people say and even if they do they won't tell them we don't know about them to, which is all about mourning for the Beis HaMikdash every day these people once upon a time, had such irat shamayim, they're so close and in tune with HaKadosh Baruch and Ratzon Hashem, that iratzon that will come into Rosh Hashanah, putting things in perspective, we're all chasing after our tails in life, because it's true, our generation has way more, way more to deal with than previous generations have, even the Chafetz Chaim already said that at his time. But let's not forget, this is an opportunity to show Hashem that we take time out of our lives and we realize what life is all about. And, don't, and as we said in previous years, this day, the Seilig Day of Rosh Hashanah is to show Hashem we realize He's the King and we're being Mamlich Hashem. We asked a couple of years ago, what do you mean? Shouldn't we say we're sorry for the sins first? Why are we doing that later in Yom Kippur? And the answer is because every time we sin, there's two elements to the sin. One, we're not doing, we're not, we're not doing the mitzvah or we're doing the Avera, whatever it is. But more than that, everyone, all the Averas, all the sins or the lack of doing a mitzvah, they all have one thing in common. That from a certain perspective, we're being moired in Hashem. We're rebel, rebelling against the Kaddish Baruch We're not doing what the king says we should do. So now we're being trying to fix that. And we're saying all we're concentrating on this day is to be mamli Hashem, to make Hashem a king. Now if you ask for something, it's okay if you do it in a way that you say, oh, please help me do so and so. Because through that, through having more money, through having more this and more that, I can more easily do Ratzon Hashem and they can get closer to you. If that's the theme of Rosh Hashanah, that, then that's okay. That's what it's all about. Yeratzon, that we have this in perspective and realize that HaKadosh Baruch does huge chesed with us on Rosh Hashanah because He judges us mainly based on how we are on that day. Doesn't, even though we had sins in the past, if Hashem shows that we regret, sees that we regret these sins, because Hashem is He knows our inner organs exactly what we're thinking, what we feel. And if He sees that we totally regret what we did in the past, and right now we're totally 100%, Havirat Shamaim, Yiras Hashem. We fear Hashem in, in all levels. Also, negative, also, and there is Yiras Apachad, but also Yiras Aroimimus. On both these levels that we're eyeing Hashem. And we realize that this is what it's all about. And Hashem sees that. Emir Hashem will all be zoiche to a year full of mitzvah, simcha, and spiritual growth. And we cannot let our Yetzirah beat us and say, come on, who are you kidding? We know in two days you're going to fall in the same pit you've been falling every year. That's not true. Hashem judges us based on how we are exactly on that day. Have a ksiva v'chasim and a good Shabbos.